Vaughn and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Okay. So this was when I was in, I guess, university. But you don't call it university when it's art school. I went to a major, until I couldn't afford to be in there anymore. But I went to a major art school. An elitist kind of art school, you know. Oh, dear. Lots of berets? <laughs> no. <laughs> lots of torn <laughs> jeans. Lots of, like attitude you know we love the attitude (laughs) meanwhile i was always like i'm always the odd oddball everyone's in torn jeans and like comfy clothes but i was in stockings pantyhose you know pumps pencil skirts blazers because i had to go i had to go to work right after you know i i support myself through through school Anyway, another story. That's totally off the subject. But anyway, (laughs) one of the best lessons that I learned in photography school came from my teacher, Hank Wessel. And he started to show us the most, I mean, back then I would have said, boring, simple photographs. And he's like, how spectacular is this? Look, you guys. And it would be slide after slide after slide. And everybody's like, oh, you know, like totally into it. Except for me and this other kid, Donovan. We were like, what the heck is this? Anyone could have shot this. And he stopped and he said, yeah, but not everyone did. Only he did. Only this person took this photograph. Right. Only this person noticed it enough to bring attention to it. And that's when I started to learn through Hank Wessel. And through, like, my mentors in photography that, and Hank Wessel was one of them, that the simple things are the most profound. Things that people ignore. We've talked about this on other shows. But things that people ignore or they walk by, they don't notice. That is usually the most interesting the most profound the most what's the word for it matt beside profound besides <laughs> profound it's it takes a special eye it takes a special awareness it takes a special psyche it takes a special sense of wisdom appreciation someone who's grown who has the ability to spot something that's a diamond that may not be polished and at the store at Tiffany's for you to say, wow, look at that spectacular jewel. I think the people who notice the diamond that's at Tiffany's, it's like they're the people that fall behind their followers. It's the people who can see the extraordinary and something so ordinary. And that goes in finding friendships, that goes in finding people around you that are so spectacular, but people won't even notice. That is the message today, and that's the message that 
keeps coming up. We've been doing shows lately on messages that are coming your way. And my goodness, has this message been coming up a lot. And once again, I want to thank my friend Michelle Silence. Michelle Silence is has truly, I mean, her, her last name is Silence. She has the most beautiful voice. She is a, a voiceover talent. She's a voice artist. And uh, she's been sending me messages lately. And again, perfect timing, Michelle. Thank you so much. It's helped me so much. So what I'm trying to say is sometimes, not sometimes, but we know. We are all knowing. We know. We know things. But we get wrapped up and we need reminders. And it takes a Michelle silence to come and say, Hey, remember this? Read this. Listen to this. And it puts you back on track. So much like Hank Wessel and my favorite photographer, you guys, Henri Cartier-Bresson, they are the ones who taught me this. And this is how I am with my marriage. We always talk about, what's the term that Henry always used? Henri always used. The decisive moment. The decisive moment. Can I read, like, the paragraph that changed my life? Can I read that? Is I, don't, that... I don't know. Can you? <sighs> okay, I'm going to read it. Okay, hold on, you guys. <laughs> I was just going through it. I love this guy so much. I went to his office in Paris every day waiting for him to show up. And I would write to him every day. And one day I actually got a letter. And this was when I was living in England, but I would go to Paris as, as much as I could. And I actually got a letter back mailed to where I was living in England from his, I think it was his wife. And I still have this letter. So nice. But basically saying he doesn't do interviews anymore. And later I found out that this one famous photographer I'm not going to mention, I think she's the one who screwed it all up. He'd never liked to be photographed. He didn't, he just did not want to be photographed. And his images are, were beautiful. And like, he was kind of invisible, right? So he could, he, the most amazing scenes would just come alive in front right. of him. Anyway, so he, he was convinced by this other photographer, please, can you, I, I worship you, please, can we meet? And so he said yes. But then like a gun she pulled out the camera and started snapping photos. And that's when he said no more. So his wife wrote to me and said, I'm sorry, he doesn't do any more interviews. <laughs> but this was a very long time ago, guys. Here's part of one of his books. This is what he said. This is Henri Cartier-Bresson. He goes, bong, got it. Ah, you see, I am extremely impulsive, terribly it is really a pain in the neck for my friends and family. I am a bunch of nerves, but I take advantage of it in photography. I never think. I act quick like this and... And you have to forget yourself. You have to be yourself and you have to forget yourself so that image becomes much stronger. What you want and what you see if you get involved completely in what you are doing and not thinking. Ideas are very dangerous. You must think all the time. But when you are photographing, 
You are not trying to push a point or explain something or prove something. You don't prove anything. It comes by itself. You nourish it by your own life, by your taste. The intellectual luggage that you carry, your experiences, you love, you hate. It's to live fully and richly. Now, you don't have to take it as just photography terms, but I think that's so beautiful. You know, and we were just talking on a previous episode that things will work themselves out, right? Right. And he's saying it comes by itself. You don't have to prove a point. You don't have to do anything. You have to kind of go with the flow. You have to forget about yourself. And same with friendship. You have to forget about yourself and think about us as a unit. All of us. Forget about what you want to say. Forget about what you want to do in the world and who you are, what you should be doing. Just be. Anyway, another photography lesson for for all time. But what I want to talk about today is based on this. It was this that led me to this message that kept coming up this week and also what Michelle sent to me. Lessons that are so basic, we can lose sight of them. So thank you, friends like Michelle Silence, for reminding us by giving us words of wisdom, love, and reminders. Love you, Michelle. Thank you. So here's what Michelle sent me, this little note she found. And it's from a book called Parents Dao De Ching, written by William Martin. And here's the paragraph that Michelle sent to me. Making the ordinary come alive. Do not ask your children to strive for extraordinary lives. Such striving may seem admirable, but it is a way of foolishness. Help them instead to find the wonder and the marvel of an ordinary life. Show them the joy of tasting tomatoes, apples, and pears. Show them how to cry when pets and people die. Show them the infinite pleasure in the touch of a hand and make the ordinary come alive for them. The extraordinary will take care of itself. Do you see how all these messages are related? (laughs) The extraordinary will take care of itself. Well, there is honestly so much wonder if you're paying attention in even the most banal things that we do it's just we get so jaded or we get so busy busy in a rush in a hurry that we don't really stop and take a moment stop and smell the flowers as it were does this ever happen to you maybe not as a man but like you fluff your hair a certain way oh yes absolutely all the time (laughs) but like you do something so stupid and small and then you go to the coffee shop and your friend totally notices and, and brings it up. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> I do. Next door neighbor was like, wow, you're looking sharp today. And I was like, what? <laughs> but he's like, yes, everything's working. All your colors are working. <laughs> so, so like I said, this has been the message that comes up a lot this past week. And then it came up again a few more times. It was the end of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Do you remember this? The end. Oh, the last episode, you guys. We've been loving watching this. We were latecomers to it. 
You were. Okay. I wasn't. Uh, you weren't. That's right. I totally forgot. <laughs> you would watch it. And I thought it was weird. I'm like, why are you watching that? I, I didn't understand what it was. Right. And the first episode is certainly a challenging one, especially if it's supposed to be part of a family rotation. So we, we as in the kids and I, through Matt, discovered it during the pandemic. We started watching it and we got hooked. And so we watched the very last episode, the finale and I broke into a sobbing, coughing kind of a cry. Because that's what you do. In front of the kids. Yeah, but this was a sobbing, coughing cry, like hysterical crying. Mm-hmm. And you you were, you, were, you were all, and I couldn't help it. It was in front of you all. But it, I mean, I normally cry in front of you guys. Yes. And I definitely like commercials make me cry. I cry. I just cry. I'm a crier. And um, was it you who said, are you crying because it's the last show? And I was crying so hard that I couldn't talk. And I I was trying to say no. And at this point, my head was now in your chest. And I was being hugged by the whole family, the kids, everybody. And I was trying to explain why I was crying. And And I was scared to explain why I was crying because as much as I am open with our kids, lately I'm like, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I've been too open, you know, I don't know. I don't think so. I believe in having frank conversations. Right. I believe in whenever situations come up and there's an emotion, you're obviously in it. They feel it. So even if you don't talk about it, they feel like something's up. So it it creates more trauma if they don't know what's going on. So I try to talk about everything. And so I'm like, so I was debating while I was coughing and crying. Should I say why I'm really crying? And I couldn't help it, so it, it came out anyway. So what happened was, it was like, how do I explain this? In looking at a character like the marvelous Mrs. Measle, how hard she worked and everything, I'm like, wow, I I just feel like I'm old now. And my foot's, oh, here I go again. I can't do it. Here we are, folks. Um, can you help? I can't. Woo! I can't do it. This is what edits are for. No, I don't want to edit it. Um, I just thought that my photography would have been out there, that I would have contributed to society more. You know, like, just seemed like nobody cares about my work or they think I'm not talented enough. I don't know what it is, but, um, I didn't make it, you know? And like watching the last episode with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the way it was wrapped up and everything, and watching her whole life, right? I was like, oh man, like, what about me? I was supposed to do big things. And I worked so hard to do big things, but it didn't work out for me. Now I feel all old and stuff. I feel like my life is over. And, you know, I'm just like, I don't even have the same drive anymore for photography like I used to. You know, it just makes me sad. It makes me feel hopeless. I don't know how to explain it. And there's not enough time. You know what I'm saying? I do. But, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, so when did that, (laughs) when did that woman from Santa Fe start painting flowers? Are you talking about Georgia O'Keeffe? Okay. I don't know. It was later in life. You know, it's just. 
It's just hard in the United States. The, the right time to start anything was like 10 years ago. The second best time is now. And that's just what start, it is. I started years and years and years and years ago, more than 10 years ago. I started decades ago. For maybe while, this maybe the thing to start is restarting. Maybe Anyway, I just feel left behind. You know, even with the podcast. Because there's so much it feels like it feels like such a scarcity mindset in America. Well, also everything is centered around youth. And then all of a sudden time goes by so fast and you're not twenty anymore. I'm not. <laughs> it just seems like in the United States, it's a lot of like your success only happened in your twenties. So anyway, I was feeling down. So anyway, that's why I was crying, and um, so and that's I obviously feel that way because I'm still crying. But it's interesting because the next day another message came, and now my voice is all messed up. If any like voice over talent people. Like agents listen to this, they're gonna think I'm. I have a terrible voice, but. So. So yesterday we were at a coffee shop in town, and our youngest went to the bathroom. And when she comes back, we're having coffee, we're enjoying time, and then. They leave. Like, where are you going? <laughs> Nothing. I'll be right back. So they went into the bathroom, and took a picture. They texted us. They texted me. And this is what it said. Are you ready? So here's the message. It's written by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It says, and mind you, this is, I guess it was hanging in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) boy. Which is interesting because if you come to our house, our bathroom has all these beautiful frames in it. And every frame has a beautiful quote or directions for life. Um, So it's interesting that the coffee shop did the same thing apparently i've never been to their bathroom but anyway here's what was hanging on the wall and it's by f scott fitzgerald it says for what it's worth it's never too late or in my case too early to be whoever you want to be there's no time limit start whenever you want you can change or stay the same there are no rules to this thing You can make the best or the worst of it. I hope you make the best of it. I hope you see things that startle you. I hope you feel things you've never felt before. I hope you meet people who have a different point of view. I hope you live a life you're proud of. And if you're not, I hope you have the courage to start over again. Our youngest sent this to me (laughs) the next day so i'm passing it along to you if there's anybody out there who feels like i do here's another message for us thank you thank you our beautiful little child and thank you f scott fitzgerald thank you michelle silence thank you henri cartier bresson thank you hank wessel thank you to the people who are so wildly perceptive that they can recognize in you the magic that you are that we are thank you you are the best friends
And thank you to all the people who we come across who remind us of this stuff. Like, oh, I don't know, the gentleman we bumped into at that restaurant yesterday who had just completed his first month in a new, totally new profession. The right time to start anything was 10 years ago. The second right time is right now because it's never over. Love you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And please, if you could leave a review, a nice, kind review, and reach out to us. Thank you, Michelle, for always reaching out. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Martine. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone listening. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Love you. Talk to you in a few days. Be well. Bye.